OTB Sports Rugby. Ross at 10, probably the media were a bit harsh on him over the last few years because from what I saw inside the doors, someone who's calm and can make plays happen. Everyone, I think, is really comfortable with him. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports Johnny Ward, uh, the broadcaster and journalist And Dan McDonald of the Irish Independent Studio How are you lads? Good JD Good You were in Kerry last week Were you a bit closer to home this week? I was in Dublin 8 Yeah, so then to watch uh, St. Patrick's Athletic in Shelburne last night Yeah, so Duff watch uh, well, it wasn't quite Damien Duff watch, but I mean, you end up. Watching. We need to stop that as well, yeah. don't we? You end up watching him a lot, though. I mean, you know, like it's, it's quite natural. Like full time whistle, some Pats win. Tim Clancy goes over to shake hands with Damien Duff. Damien Duff just walks straight onto the pitch, not having any of the post match handshakes. Is that a regular thing for Damien? Um, uh, it wouldn't be the first time, but there'd be a bit of beef between these benches. There's been a few disagreements. You almost need kind of a, one of these sky cams then on this yeah, handshake, yeah. non-handshake. Because yeah. if this happened in the Premier League now, it'd be a big deal. Yeah, well, no. You, and it's Damien Duff. Like, you're, I don't know, Dan, is he blotting his copybook a bit? It just, it just, it's a bit unedifying to do that, but I don't know what the story is. Well, yeah, is. I mean, there's been a, like, it's, uh, you know, you, obviously there's times where, like, like, the sincerity of the handshake after a match can be overrated anyway, right? Like, big time. Can, I mean, in life, maybe. You know, like, you can shake a lot of people's <laughs> hands in life and just, you might necessarily want to, but you, you do it. He just, but, but like, you're kind of watching Duff going is he going to go to the referee here and actually he just went on and shook the referee's hand and he was in his own world but I think uh, Tim Clancy uh, looked to be trying to get his attention but there was sendings off last year uh, sideline sendings off in the games between Alan Quinn and other ex Ireland international was on Damien Duff's staff him and Tim Clancy had a right falling out um, after one game and it's there's no love lost, to say the least. But um, I mean, so there was, there was a bit of. I mean, the game itself wasn't terrific, uh, and Duff's team probably they had eleven corners to three, I think. Um, shells eight corners in the second half. Um, while at, you know at times they were quite sort of combative and um, physical, they did have their moments, but they got done by the one corner Pat's had in the second half. So I'm guessing Damien Duff, he's a competitor. He's not in great form after either. My father, my late father, was in church once and he had his coat stolen. And he says, uh, I just can't believe I shook hands with the fella. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the priest. Um, that is a bit mad. But uh, yeah, four, four just, sellouts last night as well. So the sellout? It was, yeah. And I think, I think it was. I mean, maybe Shells mightn't have taken up every bit of their allocation. But like, yeah, I think, you know, four out of the five games last night in the Premier, they were, they were, there was no tickets available for locals. There was uh, apparently in, in the Bows and Dock game, there was um, people, you know, an outside or whatever so it's it's it's, uh, it's definitely like it's quite hard to get into some places at the moment so you, know, you need the game I mean I wouldn't say the, la- the game last night was a classic right but you know there's a point where you know you obviously want to give people more bang for their buck but I think to be fair like the the attendances last year held up across the piece and I reckon you know they, they there's, a, there's a fair chance it'll happen again this year nearly two and a half thousand in right. Galway for a first division game were you in Galway? I wasn't I was at Dundalk at the races actually so um, new horse we can't really talk about that the funny thing was so I got the, I got the train to Dundalk uh, to, to watch the horse and um, went into the railway bar which Dan will probably know from Dundalk it's very near Oriel and um, Kennedy's, even, though, even yeah. though Dundalk were playing away all, like so many people in Dundalk were in Dundalk like gear even at the races a lot of you can see people 
people were in Dundalk uh, gear and a lot of people were talking about the game against Bowes, which they lost, um, but it's a proper football town and uh, Dundalk will feel under a little bit of pressure now. They uh, play Pats, I think, in their next game and they've only one point from their first two. So, yeah, lots to talk about in the League of Ireland. I, I follow uh, an account called Footy Scran on Twitter, mm. if you've ever seen it. Uh, yes. Uh, is there any like League of Ireland grant, just for the experiential thing for people, new people maybe going, that does like good grub or that kind of thing? Or well, is it- it's funny, I went round to... Um, I went into Pat's last night pretty early and I was set to go for a walk around the ground just to see what they actually have. And uh, they have like a crepes place behind oh, the goal. Okay. It's like, it's like Dublin 8 has totally been like gentrified <laughs> here. Like, you know, there was a burger van. There was at least two burger vans. But then you're sort of like, there's some other fella there is ordering his crepe with Nutella. And I'm like, I mean, what's happening? Like, you know, we've completely, you know, this this isn't the essence of football. But you know, there was one last year. That 40 Scran account, like there is occasionally League of Ireland grounds okay. pop up on that. Um, I think there was one last year. Was it where someone, someone clearly went, some some fan of an opposing club. <laughs> Fan, I think. A Bose fan <laughs> went to the game, bought, uh, bought, bought, bought chips, but clearly brought a Dairy Lee slice and then just <laughs> opened, and the, dairy, fire like opened the Dairy Lee slice, put it on the chips and said, cheese and chips at Oriel Park. <laughs> and this was going around the world. This was going around the world going, this is a disgrace. It was uh, a little bit unfair. But, oh um, my God. David Connolly's not having David it. David Connolly, good afternoon. Uh, you've been to a lot of matches recently. I've seen your, uh, your Twitter account. Um, I think you've been to follow him quite a bit and uh, you've been to good, some good matches. It sounds like you've been stalking me there. Have oh, I've got a boring well, life, David. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I've been, yeah, I've been around, I, I guess. Um, you know, um, yeah, I've been, been to a few games of late. So, um, um, yes, yeah, so I haven't tasted the, the pre-match or the post-match food. That's the only thing. Um, but, you know, you get well looked after, I think, when you go to these grounds nowadays. You do. I was at Charlton there. I can't remember if I ate, but... Um... It looked good. It was around October time. Um, you've been to any matches of interest in terms of any Irish players or anything like that that you've seen? Um, well, um, let me let me think of the top of my head. I mean, I was at Millwall um, last week. I mean, Millwall are flying. I mean, Millwall are doing brilliantly. And Danny McNamara. I mean, I don't know how far Danny can be away from mm. from a shout for the uh, for the senior side because Danny was in my youth team. When I was in Millwall's, uh, when I retired, I took Millwall's youth team um, for a season, and um, and Danny was was our right back, and um, I mean, it wasn't the best game he has played, but you know they and Millwall, I know maybe is uh, yeah, will we'll always have a, it could it could possibly have an issue in terms of being you know a, a less glamorous team, but but nonetheless, there's no reason. To overlook players, he must have well over a hundred plus championship games under his belt, and you know he's doing very, very well. And Millwall are doing well. So uh, I've mentioned Danny before, but there must come a time where where he'll be there or thereabouts. I'm sure, you know. Um, so uh, yeah, Danny's he's playing fullback. I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's like he has been mentioned once or twice, uh, David, by Stephen Kenny in dispatches. Like I, I don't think he's a million miles away. No, I suppose no. like you know the yeah. I'm just curious. Has he? Is it right back or right wing back? Because right obviously back. in the Irish, yeah, 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 in the Irish context, like it's right wing back is probably the position you'd be looking at there. And there's probably the Matt Doherty, and you know shit. Seamus Coleman, but then it's the Alan Brown. Is it Cyrus Christie? I, I, I would have thought he, he's one who could come into the equation definitely for the wider squad for sure. He has yeah, been mentioned, yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, I mean, it, you, you'd imagine he could be in a bigger squad that gets, you know, that gets cut down. At least, you you know, you kind of get him in and, you know, because Millwall, I remember when I was coming through, I mean, you know, obviously Mick, Mick McCarthy was a manager, you know, Mark Kennedy, you know, it, it always seemed to have uh, an Irish player Kenny coming, coming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Coming through, you know, um, uh, Richie Sadler, yeah. you yeah. know, and, and um, so Danny can't be can't be too far away, you know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know was that the Millwall Burnley game or was another game, but I see uh, Idemo Amaku, who was at Shamrock Rovers for the last couple of years, joined Burnley over the winter. And he, he came on, or sorry, joined Millwall over the winter, and he came on for a couple of minutes towards the uh, the end of one of their games recently. Now he's like we would have seen a lot of Idemo last year. He's pretty raw still, like got a bit to go. He wouldn't have been first choice for Rovers at all, but. Um, Millwall felt he had a little bit of potential and scored in Europe, of course. Yeah, like they are flying Millwall, like they're having a really good season with the championship. I mean, the thing about it, from the Irish perspective this year in the championship, we always talk about the Irish numbers in the Premier League. It does look like we're in a position that whatever happens there, there's going to be some Irish players going up because you've got Sheffield United, um, yeah, Burnley, and you've got Burnley. So you've got Josh Cullen and Obafemi look to be definitely going up, and Sheffield United in a reasonably good position. The uh, biggish game against Watford today. They've got John Egan. They've got Enda Stevens, obviously. So, um, and then there are a couple of clubs around the playoff situation with a bit of an Irish presence as well too. And Bill have scored one nil away to Stoke, uh, West Brom two, Middlesbrough nil, Reading one, Blackpool nil, Sheffield United nil, Watford nil, as you say, QPR nil Blackburn nil uh, Norwich nil Cardiff nil Preston nil Wigan nil Burnley won Huddersfield nil already so I'm just checking the score there um, it, it's not over for me uh, Bristol nil Hull nil uh, Birmingham nil Luton nil and a result Coventry 2 Sunderland won all the Premier League games they kicked off with three are goalless Everton Villa Leeds Southampton Leicester Arsenal and West Ham against Nottingham Forest this is Football Saturday and Off the Ball brought to you by Sky the Premier League is back Watch every live game for the rest of the season on Sky Sports, BT Sports and Premier Sports with the Republic of Ireland. Former international striker David Connolly, Dan McDonnell and Johnny Ward. You can also, as well as listening across the country on News Talk, watch us on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter and on the OTB Sports app. If you'd like to text us, 53106. I'd like to hear from Arsenal and Man City fans uh, this afternoon. They're both playing. But are Man United are also in this title race, I wonder. The way they're playing, United supporters, do you feel a connection now with the club again? After all these years, if you did lose the bond, Liverpool supporters, what does your club need to do to get back on track? Were you at a League of Ireland game like Dan was last night? Tell us about it. And also please send your tributes, if you can, to John Motson, the great BBC commentator who passed away on Thursday. So David Connolly, Arsenal, they won at Villa. Um, and Ketty, a drop today for Trossar. Do they have enough up front to, to push through and win this title? Well, I mean, um, say today, I mean, look, no Madison for for, for Leicester. Yeah. So you look at you, you look at Leicester and you go, well, if there was a time where maybe they could, I mean, they're dominating the ball by the looks of it. You know, they've had something like seventy eight percent, seventy eight percent possession. Um, you know, if if there's a time to beat Leicester, it's it's now. You know, um, but have they got enough? Is kind of right. I mean, that central position is is is. I don't think it'd do any harm taking Nketiah out, right? Because I think he he's one of those players that did brilliantly coming off the bench, um, grabbed a few goals early doors, playing week in week out is a is is a is a kind of um, is a position he hasn't found himself in, and sometimes that can be a drain, you know, mentally as well as as well as physically. So look, that's why he signed the likes of Leander Trossard, right? And and that's why the squad is so strong that we've touched on. That he can come in, you know, and and, and uh, I mean, Trossard's is, I, I don't know who else you could get for 30, 40 million or whatever. I mean, he's he's kind of as as good as you could get, um, you know. So I, 
I have a feeling they'll, they'll they might nick an away win today, but I think it will be close because look, they're, they're not they're not um, um, they certainly don't have that out and out you know uh, goal scorer. The main worry for them would be if anything happened to uh, Bukayo Saka. I mean, if anything yeah. happened to him, then I think then their, their season might come off the rails. But whilst he's fit, I mean, they have always, always got a chance, you know. And obviously, Jorginho coming in is strengthening them. But I mean, you know, if you got if you got Saka, I think you still you still got a chance, even if you don't have someone banging in the goals, you know. I think Arsenal's biggest strength at the moment is that Man City just look vulnerable. They really do, and um, I I don't know if you saw the game the other night, JD. But I see every single game. Yeah, (laughs) just I I don't know if you saw it, David, but like I just thought the the pep thing on the pitch afterwards was a bit bizarre, um, because it was. He, he, you know, you're looking at the body language of the players, and particularly Haaland, who like kind of struggled. And who was Pep talking to? And like Gundogan seemed to be the guy that he maybe was the most eye contact in terms of the two of them. But why did he, why did he have chastise them on the pitch after the game? He didn't chastise them. He was, he was, he was pepping them up. He was, was giving them a hug. Yeah. I think you're very uh, animated. You're very animated about this game the other night, Johnny, because you got involved. I think there's a danger of forgetting. It's like a first leg. Oh yeah, it, it, it wasn't about wasn't winning the ninety minutes. Yeah, yeah. In Leipzig, and it was a good atmosphere. Yeah, they were really yeah. good in the second it half. It played very well for about sixty minutes of the game. It's, it's um, about winning. Like you, you were invested in a ninety-minute win for them, but like it was, they they weren't. You know, in the sense of like it's a two-legged tie. I think but, they've but, had they've but, had bigger but, issues recently as well. Though. Yeah, that's yeah. more of an issue than. Yeah, and, and, but you've got a point. They're not winning matches as easily as they maybe no, could or have in the past. No, and I think teams are sort of, if not figuring them out. Um, like I, I thought, I thought Man City were excellent in the first half the other night. But when Leipzig kind of started to maybe believe in themselves a bit, they. This is one the Christians that would have a pep in the as it dances a two leg game. They should win, albeit I wouldn't be certain they'd beat them at home. But they should win, but in the second half, the tide was clearly turned against them, and Pep did nothing. Like he made no changes, which I thought was just strange. They, they look to me, they look a bit vulnerable when when they couldn't hold on last Saturday. I think would have been very worrying for their title challenge. I feel it was a strange one to get rid of Cancelo. Maybe he was the bad influence, David Connolly in the dressing room. But like at left back, they've looked a bit. They put Bernardo Silva there in one game. Yeah. I know Ake's been playing there, but. It just seems a bit of a strange one for me if they're looking to win the Champions League and win the Premier League. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, look, we don't know what goes on, right? Yeah. But I've spoken about Pep before in terms of how he, he, he does seem to fall out. Every manager's going to fall out. You can't you can't have, keep 20, 30 players happy, can you? That's that's for sure. But you'd think, you'd think he, he may be at, at this point in the season, you know, maybe he could have kept... Joao Cancelo happy. I, you know, or even if he was unhappy, he, he would have kept him just to... Um, you know, keep the ranks as strong as he can because, I mean, look, he's a hard interview, right? That guy, Pep, isn't he? I mean, I I, I find him really difficult. Uh, it must be a nightmare to to try and get stuff out of him. Uh, I know he must be sick and tired of talking to the press, but that's his job, right? I mean, that's where he gets paid a lot of money to do. Um, and he gets asked probing questions to justify selections. I, I think, you know, about Bernardo Silva when he played left back and Maybe he might have been at fault one of the goals last week. And yeah, I, 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 he's spiky. You know, he, he is spiky. He, he, he can get rattled, Pep. Um, you know, I don't think it was a surprise that, that they didn't come away with a victory. I mean, going to Leipzig, Leipzig are in great form. They're doing brilliantly in the Bundesliga. I, I, I don't think it was a surprise. It might be a surprise that he made no changes, which he often does some things, doesn't he, as a coach or manager that, that are surprising. Uh, uh, you look at the bench, you think, well, why didn't he maybe look at changing it with the players that he's got on the bench? You know, 
Phillips, if you wanted more control when they were lacking control, why, why not bring on Calvin Phillips? So that, uh, I, it doesn't make sense. He kept all his defensive mids on the, on the bench. And uh, I mean, he's, a, he's won everything. He's a, a, a tactical genius. So, but sometimes he does, he does seem very stubborn when he sticks to what he's, you know, what he's, um, uh, what, what he's trying to do. Yeah, just on Haaland, because what's your what do you make of Haaland? Been amazing, obviously in the Premier League, twenty six goals and thirty two goals in total. But unless De Bruyne, who wasn't playing the night, is there, it doesn't seem like there's a clear plan to get the ball to him. Well, I mean, there were some clips on the telly, right? And it was pretty obvious that that uh, you can't you can't lay it all down because he scored uh, bundles of goals no matter who's playing behind him. Um, but th- there is a real frustration when you when you look at him, you just feel that he absolutely needs the ball early. He needs the ball earlier um, from looking at him. And there was a couple of times he could have had it against uh, Leipzig, a couple of times in, in other games he could have had it earlier. He needs it released in front of him. He needs it early. If it's going in the box, it needs to go early. Um, that would be the only thing I would say. You know, you can't pick that many holes in his overall game, apart from maybe once or twice Bernardo Silva might have his head down and be a bit more of a ball carrier, whereas, you know, you might have someone else who's a bit more of a uh, you know, a, a passer release a longer ball. I mean, I, I, know, I know Trent's got a lot of criticism, right? But you, if you go back to, you know, the goal Nunez scored against um, Newcastle last week, yeah. the week before yeah. last. Yeah. When Trent Alexander-Arnold picked that ball up, if if that was early Haaland, he would want the ball early and behind, like Trent, like Trent played that pass to Nunez, you know. Um, and and you just think that he he needs someone to play that longer pass if it's De Bruyne or. Or somebody else. Like uh, he, he needs that. I think he needs an earlier, longer pass. But I mean, apart from that, I, I think he'll, you know, he'll be back amongst the goals probably. You know, probably later on today. He's having a yeah. He's having you know they're obviously hot favourites to win this evening. But he is having a poorish run by his standards. And if you think back to the game against Man United where he just looked absolutely unplayable and the goal he got there at the back post which was like um, one of the greatest bits of athleticism that you'll see in terms of a player reaching the ball and how bewildered Man United looked and you fast forward a couple of months to where Man United are and Haaland for me the other night was very very frustrated JD he just he looked like as David was saying Man City kind of they're probably guilty of overplaying uh, the ball at times in terms of just passing this across and passing it like through the midfield and that this or that but they they looked either reluctant or unwilling to pass the ball to Haaland and he was getting frustrated. He did a very decent chance in the second half when it was 1-0, dragged it badly wide and I thought his body language, I just thought he, he caught a frustrated figure and um, he's probably created um, an awful lot of hype by his ridiculous goal scoring record in the first sort of few months of the season. But at the moment, um, I think today be, will be big for him and big for City. Maybe he'll get back on track today but for me, he... Um, when he's when 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 Haaland is outside the box, he's not actually an unbelievable footballer. It's he needs to be in the box and he needs to have something to run at. He didn't have either the other the other night, and uh, he had a poor game. He did poor game, and teams because he's so quick, teams aren't necessarily sitting back against Man City. So I think there's you can't play a high line against Man City with his pace. So they're sitting back, and it's hard to it's hard to break the break down teams when when Haaland's not getting the ball. Well, the rugby's back underway. Ireland 24 points, Italy 17 in Rome. So 42 minutes in the watch. We have the bonus point, but we need to win the game. And Italy have got a couple of tries as well. So this is on TV and anybody listening to the radio will keep you right up to speed of what's happening. I think Jack Reed has been City's best player in the last couple of months, David. I don't know if you agree with that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, look, um, I think I think I, I moaned about this the, the last time I was on in terms of 
I think he was dropped for a game, Jack, and everyone said, you know, fawning over over Pep's tactical decisions to leave Jack Grealish out and, and you know, it was the right call to play Phil Foden. And I disagreed with that, but it felt like, you know, everyone, everyone thinks, you know, sort of Jack was... was uh, he shouldn't be in the start in eleven or or in the team, but I mean, I think he's he's so creative. I think that he he has to get in the team. However, you, I, I think there there will always be thrown at him that, and even the other night, I thought he carried the ball just that little bit too. He came inside just that little bit too much, and I dare I say it, he looked a bit predictable. Right, and we all know he plays off the left, likes to come in field, etc. But it just felt like once or twice he just did that. A couple of times too many, you know, and I'm a massive fan of his, but it, it just looked like he, he he just came inside once once or twice too many. What would he and, be like um, playing through the middle, David? Yeah, I mean, I, exactly. I, I, I think, obviously, he's, he's so well-balanced, he can go off both sides, right? So I'd, I, I would have him on the pitch. It doesn't mean if he's not, it's often if he's not working for him, he takes him off and he brings a phone on or he brings someone else on, you know. But I, I'd like to see him just stay on the pitch. And as you say, he can move more centrally um, and have more of an impact and open up both sides of the pitch um, a little bit more. So I, I think he's, uh, I think he's terrific, and I actually just like him as a person. So I'm more inclined to give him a little bit of leeway because I think he's that. I don't know. He's just, I, I just, I, I like him. He's obviously, you know, makes the odd mistake off the pitch. He's not perfect. He gives good interviews. I, I like that he, he's not, you know, he doesn't give platitudes and stuff. I warmed him. Look, I know he didn't play for Ireland, but he chose England, but. I, I kind of, I like him. He's Jack the Lad, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He is. And you know, he's got a bit of character, right? And he can, you know, and, and you can't so kind of seem to be losing that in, in football. That, mm. So half the time, the interviews post-game are dreadful. No one says anything. You know, he comes on, he's got a smile on his face. Um, you kind of want him, I kind of want him to do, you know, to, to do well. And, and for sure, I think he could be in that team. But I did think the other night he came in inside just a bit too often. I, I, I've sympathy for him as well though because I thought I mean he, I don't know how many times he was fouled in the game but it was incessant and the referee generally wasn't booking the the Leipzig player and it was just constant and he was getting a bit frustrated and as I mentioned yeah. Leipzig were playing obviously quite deep in the first half so Grealish as David mentioned he did he, he obviously has an inclination to come in on his right foot but he would then be faced with like a mass of bodies in front of him was often fouled and I think he probably needs a bit more protection from referees as well JD because these are the players that you want to see flourish uh, We have goals in the championship Bernie now 2 up against Huddersfield is Vincent Company going to be the next city manager <laughs> we didn't mention uh, the, the man on loan from Burnley at Coventry uh, yes uh, young Luke McNally did a massive win again today JD 2-1 uh, oh, yeah. win over Sunderland absolutely flying to Coventry on the cusp of the playoffs at the moment he's going to have so. to be on commission for Luke McNally at yeah. this stage yeah, he's, been on, he's been on our podcast so. well, I was in Coventry a few months ago yeah it was he wasn't there at the time he was no. in Burnley at the time yeah the time. he's but he's, he's, starting, he's a tree at the back as well he's uh, playing right side he, he seems to love the tree at the back and uh, he shouldn't be ignored I think in terms of Ireland chat going forward um, with you know he's probably a little bit off but like he's, he's flying at a Coventry he's a, he's a very good player but he will never be ignored in this show because you'll get a Luke McNally yeah. mention every week well, from Johnny well well, Galway United mentioned came in early, so we have to. Uh, Luke, Mc, Luke McNally is the new Galway United. Oh, okay. Right, okay. So Listeners out there, you know, just your. If, if, if Luke McNally mentioned, take we, a drink. We, we know, even if it's just no, a soft drink. No, or whatever, it has to be a soft drink. Has yeah. to be soft. It's more yeah. bingo. I was talking about bingo. Will you yeah. win the money if, if Johnny mentions Luke McNally? Uh, QPR won, Blackburn won, Reading won, Blackpool nil, uh, Stoke nil, Millwall won, and West Brom two, Middlesbrough nil. I'm saying all of this because there haven't been any goals in the Premier League games. Oh, there has been. I, just as I speak, Arsenal have scored away to Leicester, 1 0, subject oh. to VAR, as I always say. And the man we said, Leandro Trossard has scored. We could have told you this 10 minutes ago. 
and uh, he did one uh, yeah. 0 away to Leicester. So big result that could be. Big did they win the league, JD? Hmm? Did they win the league? No, they don't. No. They don't. No. I'm trying. I, I just can't really. Man United are the team with the momentum, mm. and I don't think they're that far off. I, I just don't know if um, Rashford can keep the scoring run going. Yeah, but and if they can keep enough uh, players, they're not what? reliant on Rashford necessarily either. Like they, they are. I mean, even Fred. I mean, Fred is like scoring goals with his chin. Like he's, um, he's playing well. There, uh, the belief that and the, the atmosphere in Old Trafford the other night. There's something happened to Man United. The three teams that well, Arsenal winning, but yeah, it's subject to VAR. It's got to VAR now, Leon. Oh, no. There you go. So like we try to be first, but we always give you, you a little disclaimer. The terms and conditions apply. It's subject to VAR, really, well, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it is. But uh, I, one thing about it, European football is much better. I didn't even notice VAR or was there for the Liverpool and Real Madrid game it's, it's whatever way the Premier League going to do it differently doesn't seem to be as efficient and as fluid as the v- European way yeah and VAR couldn't save them from I mean I don't know Liverpool at the moment they're, they're very very tricky game this what evening. I want you to do is hold that thought we're going to take a break it's like bullseye here we'll be back after this <laughs> And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five this evening. This is Football Saturday. Let's just bring you up to date on scores elsewhere. Ireland 24, Italy 17. The bonus points have been secured four tries, but um, no scores in the second half, 12 minutes in, in Rome. So we'll just keep your eye up to date. Ireland at the moment with the possession, with the ball. That goal was ruled out, Leandro Trossard. So VAR oh. intervened. Oh. Uh, Leicester Arsenal nil nil. West Ham nil, Nottingham Forest nil, Leeds nil, Southampton nil, Everton nil, Aston Villa nil in the Championship. Coventry 2, Sunderland 1 a result. Goalless between Birmingham and Luton, Bristol City and Hull. Burnley now 3 nil up against Huddersfield. Norwich 1, Cardiff nil, Aledis. Preston nil, Wigan 1. QPR 1, Blackburn 1. Reading 1, Blackpool nil as latest score. Sheffield United nil, Watford nil. Stoke nil, Millwall 1. West Brom 2, Middlesbrough nil. And Scotland in the Premiership. Kilmarnock 1, Motherwell 0, Ross County 2, Dundee United 0, goalless in the games involving Aberdeen and Livingston and St. Johnston and St. Mirren. Also, in Geta Games, we have score updates. Antrim 3-8 for Mano 1-11 in Division 3 of the Football League. Uh, we also have in the Hurling League, Division 2A, Kerry 1-8, awfully 15 points. In Division 1 of the Ladies Football League, sponsored by Little, Kerry 1-11, Meath 6 points. And in the Camogie League, Division 1A, Dublin 1-3, Tipperary 1-9. In the rugby earlier in the United Rugby Championship, Ulster beat Sharks 31-24. In racing, Zanta 9-4 on was the winner of the Grade 3 Juvenile Hurdle at Ferryhouse. Lord North won the Winter Derby at Linkfield 11-8 on. Joseph O'Brien won the Adonis Juvenile Hurdle at Kempton with Nuzrat at 7-2. Daryl Jacob riding that. Pendle Novice's chase there was won by Solo, the 11-4 shot for Paul Nichols. Uh, David Connolly, uh, where did you begin with Liverpool? Does Jurgen Klopp um, take any of the blame or responsibility for this or is it more about things beyond his control like injuries and a lack of money? Um, I tell you what, look, the other night at 2 nil up, I was watching it with my son and I was like, oh, well, you know, that, that's that's this game over, you know, and then like he just laughed in my face about 20 minutes later. Um, goodness me, I mean, uh, they were absolutely shredded as my son said, um, and they were. I mean, defensively, if you look at the goals, right, they were they were awful, you know. And when you're playing these sides, uh, you know, the absolute very, very best, the very best who 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 turn it on in the you know, in the in the moments when they need to turn it on, you know, the defending. I mean, you go back to the first goal from from Vinicius Junior. If you watch it really carefully, you know, the little one-two that. That Benzema and uh, that played with Vinicius Junior, 
you know, Jordan Henderson tries to read that that Vinicius Jr. is going to play the ball back to Karim Benzema. And because he tries to read it and he moves, he basically moves two yards towards Karim Benzema. That opens up the gap completely for Vinicius to turn, get faced up. And look, it's a great goal. But my point being, against these sorts of teams, you know, trying to gamble that a player like Vinicius is going to set the ball back to Karim Benzema. You can't do that because these players are of such a high level. They might have seen out of the corner of their eye your shadow moving, and that is all they need. That is all Vinicius needed to go, oh, I'm not going to play that ball back to you, Karim. I can get turned now because Jordan Henderson's come out of his little slot. And you, know, you, you can touch on, on a lot of the other goals. What you're getting at is, is it symptomatic? Of, like, is that a typical, atypical Liverpool at the minute, I guess, right? Like yeah. lots of these types of performances. And is it going to improve? Um, I mean, look, you know, you think at one point they turn a corner and then they then they play. I mean, you know, Luka Modric strolling through the midfield late on and, and you know, you've got the youth of Liverpool in Bacetic and you've got the experience of Fabinho. Neither of them do the right thing, which is take him out, you know. So all the little bits and pieces at the very highest level, they were, they were lacking. In, and you can go through that game, all the, you know, go through the whole game and, and, the, and the goals, things they could have done better. You know, Joe Gomez, got, you know, passing back to Alisson. Great respect to Alisson. You know, I, I don't think he's the most accomplished with the ball at his feet. You know, it is Alisson's fault. But nonetheless, I would still say, you know, any outfield player is better with the ball at his feet than, to me than going back to the goalie. You know, can can Joe Gomez find a way rather than going back to back to Alisson? The marking for the for uh, Militao's goals, dreadful. Zonal marking. But, I mean, if Trent's not going to go with Militao... He's got to pass him on to somebody, but there was no one stationed in the sort of six-yard zone. They were way too deep. If that, if I mean, that were an under-nines game, David, you'd be like, sorry, what? Yeah, like, I mean, honestly, what, what was that about? Yeah, it was Because, look, if you're zonal and Trent stays in that position, you can't critique Trent Alexander-Arnold because he's meant to stay in his zone. But it wasn't clear whether he was staying in his zone. Because if he stays in his zone, then someone's got to take... He's got to pass that runner on. And someone in a zone further ahead of him, nearer the middle of the box, has got to take Militao. But obviously, when the ball is fired in like that, you are not going to react in, in, in half a second. That You've then got to call out to Fabinho, left shoulder. You know, he's not going to get there in time. And there was just a, a huge gap there, wasn't there, to play the ball into, which they didn't feel with another zone because it, it was like their zones were, were in one line. There wasn't another staggered zone or there wasn't players blocking or anything like that. I mean, the goals were absolutely dreadful. I mean, they were, they were dreadful. I mean, you don't need me to to say that. Everyone can see that. You know, Jürgen Klopp can see that at the very highest level. Little details and big, te- big, big details were all missing in that performance the other night. And at 2-0 up, it looked like it was going to be a stroll for them. The, the, the funny thing is, it's not a great Real Madrid side. Like, they're... You know they've got a lot of attacking talent, but they're not winning their own league. Not winning their own league. They're eight behind. I think nothing unusual about that, though, right? Um, like the Champions League is sort of a different. Yeah, beast. yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't. Like, I know. I completely know. But that sometimes lulls people into a bit of a false sense of security. Too. I mean, they are a Champions League obsessed club. You know. I yeah, and I, I think Barca as well. I think Barca's mind is kind of on winning La Liga, and I, I'm not sure they'd be massively upset with the other night. But um, anyway, Real, Real Madrid are. It's not a vintage side, and um, Liverpool. I thought Klopp just basically given up after the game was interesting massive try for Ireland like Paolo Garbisi brought it back to a four point game with a penalty 2024 but Bundy Aki has Second just touched try. down with his 
Second try of the game. 29 points to 20. Ireland lead now in Rome. A bit of breathing space. A more than one score game. A conversion attempt to come. And Ireland, I'd say there's a bit of relief. Even though they've got five tries in Rome, Italy uh, have got 20 points on the board. So, yeah, it was looking a bit scary there for a moment. And Ireland's first points of the game coming 18 minutes into the second half. Yeah, that's a knock-on. Oh, yeah, it's gone through review. Yeah, that's going to be subject to TMO. That's, I yeah, think he's no, knocked think, the ball on that'll there. Be, that'll be ruled out by um, for Bundy. I think he knows that, actually. He's looking up. So it's um, Keenan again. Um, sorry, it's it's actually Hansen to Bundyaki. He falls into the ground. He knocks the ball on there. Yeah, we're going to be yeah, back to a four-point game. We're going to be back to Italy, 20, Ireland, 24. But we'll Is confirm it that slightly pretty. squeaky bum time for Ireland here? Because well, Italy, that's what I just said. Yeah. They haven't scored in the second half so far. They've got the bonus point, but Italy with 20 points on the board themselves. So, um, look, there's a lot of changes, seven changes for this match, but uh, not the kind of uh, gap you want to see at the moment, but we'll confirm that. This is, though, football at the moment on uh, Off the Ball, brought to you by Sky. Get all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports. BT Sport and Premier Sport. Just to uh, update you on the Premier League, um, where there are four matches kicking off at three and no goals in any of them. Everton, Aston Villa, Leeds, Southampton, Leicester, Arsenal and West Ham, Nottingham Forest. David Connolly, so what are the solutions for Liverpool? Are we talking about a, a big clear out of the first team? Obviously players coming back from injury like Kanate and Diaz, but are you looking at players like well, brilliant servants like Jordan Henderson, maybe you know not being in the first team next season? Maybe. I mean, I, I guess it will be, uh, you know, the cycle of they've tried to bring the eight down of the team, right, in terms of the players they've brought in. And I'm sure, you know, we've seen Nunes get amongst the goals. Uh, Diaz, I'm sure, will be a, a success. You know, Jota can never stay fit. Obviously, he, he adds to it. Um, but it does seem like, you know, Stralix Ferguson was famous for this, wasn't he? You know, it, you know I'm sure the lads would, would touch on that. But, you know, the cycles of, of sides... They have tried to refresh it, right, for this season. But, I mean, and, and you know, I'm not going to critique Jordan Henderson or, or, or anyone else there, but it does seem like they need, um, you know, the, 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 this, say, take the, obviously the Real Madrid, but the whole season as as one aside. And, and, you know, there will be players like, I mean, I'm a massive fan of Trent Alexander-Arnold, you know, and things like that, but, I guess he will come into focus as defensively. Does he give them what what they want? You know, I guess every every position. Like if you're any elite, any elite environment, every position will be analysed. Right, every position. It doesn't matter whether you've come through the ranks like a like a Trent Alexander Arnold, or you've been signed for a lot of money. You know, every position has to be continually analysed and improved upon. And I'm sure this this might be their their, their season where they 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 have to make big sweeping changes. I, I, and I'm a massive fan of loads of these players. Um, but, you know, it just seems like maybe that gap, are they going to close that gap if they continue what they're doing? Because it's normally it's either the players change or the manager changes, right? And and unless you can suddenly get a real improvement from the players that they've got, and they'll be better next year. But the players that will be better next year, I think they will be better next year. But you know, Jordan Henderson's not getting any younger. Fabinho's not getting any younger. There might be a few players there that might be concerned about their position in the side. Yeah, for sure. I think Kevin Doyle was interesting last week speaking about you know listen to the same message from a manager, or maybe because yes, he takes the training sessions club. Yeah, and I I definitely think that. Um, there's something really badly wrong with Liverpool at the moment and Klopp 
doesn't give the impression at this stage that he is actually able to turn it around. To me, does the you know I think they will need to um, refresh things, and will it get to a point where Klopp, who's you know one of the most um, popular managers that they've ever had with the fans, and you know the board have been sensible, will it get to a point where something has to give here? Because this has been a disgracefully bad season from Liverpool's perspective, considering where they were last season. Um, wouldn't have any faith in them beating Palace today, and he's been loyal to players, rightly or wrongly, who've just completely lost form. Um, Henderson among them in my view and they've they've massive problems They're, they really have massive problems and I don't think Klopp is certainly doesn't give me the impression that he believes himself that he can turn it around now Do you believe he can turn it around? Well I, I, mean, I completely agree with what David alluded to there and we've spoken about it before the cycles you know yeah. like it's, it's it's a tough thing to do and like pretty touching it when you have something like um spoke about it a bit with Joe during the week like when you have something like Salah and Mane and Firmino say that works so well like you just hit in this perfect formula um, uh, like it's it's just and, and like that it's great that that came together but then you're you're sort of always looking to sort of recreate that and maybe at times that was a great crutch for them and people would have said oh maybe their midfield's not great or um, but they're fine or like Van Dijk is just not at the level he was and then you lose that sort of great trust that you have in him that allows you to be a brilliant risk-taking team because you have this sort of man-mountain at the back. So, again, like I suppose you've maybe one or two players going or hitting the wrong age and it's it's exposed in a few fault lines everywhere. But, I mean, the message seems to be that he's, he's going to stick around and stay. Now, managers always say that generally. Like, you know, you, you very rarely get messages from managers saying, oh, I'm not sure about this, OK? But that seems to be, although the ownership situation... Again, that seems to be sort of fluid enough from people definitely gone to being a little bit more open-minded. So all these factors will will, will play into it. But um, I, mean, I suppose the issue they would have with Man goes, Man City are always going to be around. But when you have probably a revitalised Manchester United now and Arsenal, whatever happens this season, whether they do it, it's hard to see them falling back dramatically. So um, it's a slight concern. Definitely. Um, I mean, definitely. lads, do you think, just touching on, do you think he, he's got the ruthless nature, Jürgen Klopp, or do you think he hasn't had to show that ruthless nature in terms of dispensing with players? I mean, you touched on, say, Pep Guardiola earlier. You know, there's no doubt he is, he is like a, um, a Sir Alex Ferguson, I think, that he's got that ruthless side and he always yeah. has done, hasn't he, with Interesting, players? Yeah. Was, maybe, Klopp's a builder, maybe Klopp is a builder of teams rather than the... Yeah, so like you cycles like it's hard to imagine any club at the moment winning thirteen Premier League titles like Ferguson did. Yeah, ever. and and again th- that that epic year where he got rid of the four big players, wasn't it? Um, Ferguson, who kind of butchered the squad, invested in youth, and was ruthless when uh, he needed to be. And Inskanchaskis, Hughes, remember all left. Yeah, and you were like Alan Keane himself. Yeah, they decided whatever about the rows. I think the rows are always just as a side of this. I think they decided uh, Ferguson, Kiraz, the Keane. Now it's not working anymore. Yeah, and in fairness to Klopp, he. I mean, Salah, in hindsight, probably should have been let go rather than given a new contract. But I didn't forecast the season that Salah's had either. He's just not. That would have been a very hard. It would have been. It would have been. I just don't think he's got the service, Johnny. Yeah. Oh no, it's, it's way more than that. He's and and also like in fairness to Liverpool, the injuries they've had up front have really really hurt them. Their midfield is completely dysfunctional, and as as Dan says, Van Dijk isn't the player he was. So you add all these things together, and they're basically a mid-table team now. But um, I don't know. I mean. I just can't see the players 
having this in having the belief in Klopp that he can turn this around now and he's eluded himself massive surgeries needed but it's a little bit too late it's interesting uh, on, on the whole thing of uh, ruthlessness isn't it David like uh, Ten Hag made the big calls he got Ronaldo out of the club they've won 14 out of 18 games since Ronaldo left he took Rashford out of the team when he overslept and then he came on he scored off the bench he's been you know, very very just professionally clear about Maguire no you're, you're, you're not in the team and like Arteta got Aubameyang out of Arsenal you know, you do need that. You do need to be able to yeah. stamp that. And like Klopp is, Klopp is such a massively brilliant presence. Like he, he, like he almost dwarfs everything at Liverpool. So it's very hard to question somebody who's won everything at the club. But you, yeah. you know, I suppose we're questioning, is there going to be a second act? Does he have a second act in him? Yeah, exactly. And, and um, you know, there was that, that image this week of, of Eric, um, Eric Ten Hag and Sir Alex Ferguson having dinner, you know, and I'm sure um, Sir Alex probably looks at a few things that Eric Ten Hag has done and sees a little bit of himself. In, in Eric Ten Hag, and as you say, in terms of, you know, he's had to make some some difficult decisions about players you know, being late, like Rashford. Um, uh, Ronaldo didn't come on against Spurs, did he? And then uh, even in a friendly, he 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 jettisoned him after that. Um, he had to make some tough calls. Maybe those calls were a little bit easier, though, right? I think for Eric Ten Hag, I think I think uh, not saying the Ronaldo one was was easy, but I think it was easier than what maybe Jurgen Klopp is facing because sometimes you have to. You have to preempt what's coming, right? Mm. To, to to prevent a major slump, you have to see what's coming over the hill, and and you know who knows? Maybe, you know maybe Jurgen Klopp hasn't. I think he tried to see what was coming in terms of the signing them signings they made in the summer, but maybe those signings in the summer, coupled with with I don't know whether it's a, a accumulation of so many games, uh, the players maybe. What I would like to see is a is a new something different that that Liverpool do as a team because they've played a pretty similar way for a long period which is fine right Man City have played a 4-3-3 you know and and they played that way by and large for the whole time he's tried Grealish as a striker he's tried Foden as a nine right he he, he's had the the fullbacks playing inverted right yeah he's had some nuances Pep that he's brought into the sides that keep freshening up what he's got within the framework I, I haven't, you know, you, we couldn't say that we've seen that from Jurgen Klopp, right? We couldn't say we've seen a, a something nuanced or different from a Liverpool side within what they have. You know, by and large, it's been the same formation, the same shape, the same players. A little bit different, maybe a Gakpo's come in, played down through the middle. A couple of times they've played two strikers with a diamond in the midfield, but when they've played that, they got absolutely destroyed. Uh, who's it? They lost, I think, Three or four, I can't remember who they lost to when they played that diamond. Um, so my only, my only the hesitation, reticence about Klopp, but you know, refreshing things is you want to see has he got anything completely different? Maybe that other managers have done in the Premier League, right? The Pep's done, Arteta's tried a few of those things this season. You see Zinchenko playing as a midfielder. You, you know, he's had these different, uh, like you know, facets to their game, but. We kind of know how Liverpool play. Is yeah, what the I'm getting press, at. And we yeah. haven't seen anything to suggest that there might be something different that will freshen up. Like Robert Deserby coming in at Brighton and, you know, the centre-backs come out and they put their foot on the ball. They stop They stop the ball with the sole of their foot to attract a bit of pressure. and play. Like these little, you know, different elements of the game that we're going, wow, that's new. I haven't seen that. And, and they play in a tiny box. Brighton play in like the size of this room I'm in with four centre mids 
and they try and narrow you up. And they did it against Liverpool, and they absolutely schooled Liverpool, I felt. And and Liverpool didn't really have a response to it. So, well, I, I haven't seen if... And if Jurgen Klopp, Jurgen Klopp needs his staff to come up with different um, ideas or uh, principles of play, right? If you have... Okay. You know, you know, it needs to you know, it needs to come, it needs to come from. Okay, we got to uh, take a break uh, for the news. David Connolly, Johnny Ward, and, uh, Tom McDonald. That was like you just shut David off there. The David Connolly remix at the end there. I think actually, sorry, just uh, it's, it's like like Andy Farrell is biting his nails and, and proper well, it's order. Nearly in there. Like the Bundyaki um, tribe was ruled out first yeah. of all, so it went back to twenty twenty four in Ireland's favour. Then Ross Byrne got a penalty uh, to make it a seven point game, and initially were massively on the tack there, and a kick that just went astray, but they were nearly in for a try. 67 minutes on the watch in Rome in the Six Nations. Ireland with the bonus point, but only seven points in front of the home team. So we'll keep you right up to date after the news of what's going on there. Ireland 27, Italy 20, four tries in the Six Nations. Halftime across the Premier League games, no goals. Everton, Aston Villa, Leeds, Southampton, Leicester, Arsenal and West Ham against Nottingham Forest. And in the Championship, uh, latest scores, well, it finished Coventry 2 Sunderland little one but half-time across the board elsewhere. The leaders, Burnley 3, Huddersfield 0. It is Birmingham City 0, Luton 0, Bristol City 0, Hull 0, uh, Norwich 2, Cardiff 0, Preston 0, Wigan 1, QPR 1, Blackford 2, Reading 1, Blackpool 0, Sheffield United 0, Watford 0, Stoke 0, Millwall 1, and West Brom 2, Middlesbrough 0. And in Scotland, Aberdeen 1, Livingston 0, Kilmarnock 1, Motherwell 0, Ross County 2, Dundee United 0, St Johnston 0, St Mirren 0, all half-time scores. David Connolly, Johnny Ward and Dan McDonald all with us on Football Saturday between now and 5. You want to text us, you can on 53106. We're back after the news, don't go away. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. Ireland are safe. They've got that fifth try, and it's come from Mac Hansen, the second of the game. 34 points to 20. Ireland lead now. They have the cushion. The 77 minutes on the watch in Rome, and a bonus point secured. But it wasn't all Ireland's way, I can tell you that. Only about, what, 10 minutes ago was 27 20 to Ireland. Initially, were on the attack and could have had a try themselves. So I think there'll be lessons learned. But a lot of players are obviously out at the moment, but. Like not a, not the breeze and the stroll that we thought it would be, you know. Not a not a bad thing either, though. JD. No, good thing. Yeah, good thing. Um, There's um, always things to work on with Andy Farrell's teams, and they keep winning, and that's the thing, the beauty of it, you know. And I, I think for the Six Nations as well, the fact that Italy have been so competitive in all their games, um, notably against France and Ireland, is just is 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 very encouraging for the tournament. And uh, yeah, the you know Ireland probably will maybe gain more from this than if they won by thirty points today, and they've had a challenge. This is Off the Ball Saturday with Football Saturday on Off the Ball, brought to you by Sky. The Premier League is back. Watch every live game for the rest of the season on Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. Delighted to have on the line David Connolly, the former Republic of Ireland striker, and his studio, Dan McDonald of the Irish Independent, and Johnny Ward, the broadcaster and journalist. You can listen across the country on News Talk, on your radio, but also watch us on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and on the OTB Sports app. Some text on 53106. I hope Liverpool are in terminal decline, but I don't think one can discount the physical and mental impact of last season. The players played really late into last season, had a really short pre-season, and many of their players had the focus of a World Cup. I'm not sure one should rush to judgment, says Aaron. And also, I'm not a Liverpool fan, but how can anybody say Klopp can't turn this around after a poor season? At the end of which, they could still finish in the top four. Yes, they need some new players and freshen up the squad, but to say Klopp has lost the team after a bad run is madness. Had everybody forgotten, they finished second in the league and were in the Champions League final last season. Was it a bit surprising that he kind of gave up on the game? Like, there are three goals down against Real Madrid, and I was thinking if they got if they could get it back to 5-3... Nah, not a hope. Yeah, it's, but hope. like, you know, they've, they've, Liverpool have been... 
uh, able to produce some amazing but, comebacks. But he, just, I, I, don't I don't think this team and this iteration, if you're a team that's going to Brentford and to Brighton and to Wolves and getting done as they have in the yeah. last couple of months, maybe that'll be informing your thinking how easy is it going to be to go to the Bernabeu and, and win three. They probably need to score about 10 yeah, uh, the way they're defending at the moment. That's probably unlikely. Uh, so Ireland to 14 points up in the rugby um, we just had the, heard the ad there for the game we're doing tomorrow Stephen Doyle and Brian Kerr for uh, Spurs Chelsea Dan it's a pretty grim society at the moment with social media I think social media probably should be just got rid of to be honest I'd love to be back as a Luddite to be honest but I don't think it's going to happen with Graham Potter getting anonymous abuse well yeah I mean I know what you're saying about social media I mean I suppose there are times and in, in life where people have used it positively as well um, but it's certainly for people who are uh, you know you can think of times you know social media or various campaigns or raising money and stuff it can be hugely beneficial but I, I like clearly if you're at a certain level like you you need to somehow find the discipline to to block your mind out to it and it's obviously harder and harder and, and, and probably you know for younger footballers which is a slightly different debate but it's one we've touched on before the Graham Potter one yeah I mean he seems like he gave his, his press conference this week and um, naturally he's going through he's under scrutiny and um, probably managers at, at different times uh, you know I'm not saying this is a tactic I'm just saying that like you obviously have a strategy you know you can you sort of you you put up the wall and you you sort of say you know, we we can we can handle this. We'll get through this, or you decide to maybe be honest and show a bit of vulnerability, I suppose. And and you know, I'm not sure what the line of questioning was that brought Potter down that road, but he did speak openly enough about how things had been very difficult for him. And again, sometimes it looks like there was a two phases to the press conference, and he spoke about it in the first one, and maybe he was followed up on in the second one, and brought him along the road. Where yeah, he spoke about. Um, um, initially, just sort of mental health and 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 how that was suffering with what was happening, and then, yeah, the next step does appear to be some sort of bad stuff on social media. So, yeah, he's decided to to to, to discuss it. I'm sure someone has told him there's no harm like to do this. I, I guess you have to sort of think about weigh it up and how it might be perceived. Um, the position he's in, everything he says is going to be scrutinised and analysed. Um, he's like I think he's a very impressive fella in terms of where he's come from in his managerial career. Um, but I suppose the one thing about that is that generally the trajectory has been upwards a lot of the time, and you get to a certain stage where um, it, it's going against you. And um, I'd imagine the pressure and even even the money they're spending, as much as he's um, t- to some degree, you wonder the extent to which he's even involved in 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 a lot of it. Um, that naturally sort of puts pressure. And, and Chelsea seemed like very determined to brief, like to people who cover Chelsea. Oh, like he's our man. We're sticking with him. And yet there just seems to be a little bit of a change of tone over the last week. And I don't know. Is is there some way that you sort of respond to that and say, well, you know, I'm going to try and explain. Well, this is this is affecting me. This is hurting me in some way. But. Um, I, I absolutely I feel a, a fair bit of sympathy for him um, although I'd imagine what he's receiving is unfortunately um, it's happening to a lot of people as well too Just the quotes um, I've had some not particularly nice emails come through they want me to die that's obviously not pleasant to receive you could ask my family how life's been for me and for them it's not been pleasant at all if you go to work and somebody's swearing abuse at you it's not going to be pleasant you can answer two ways I could say I don't care but you know I'm lying everybody cares what people think because we're hardwired to be socially connected. So 
David Connolly as well remunerated and as as mad as the game is, we we, we all talk in kind of a football way about well, should they go, should they stay, or whatever. But I suppose you need to remember there's a human behind it all. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I was at I was at Brighton and Leeds. I think it was November 2021, and I was working at the game and it finished nil nil, and the crowd booed right. And he turned around to the to the meet where the media were, where the fans, you know, on that. Uh, behind the dugout as well and as if to say what, what more can I do you know now that's fans booing right so he's gone from fans booing at Brighton to to obviously get, he gets the the, the 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 poison chalice that is the Chelsea manager's job with which is as we know right it's is it's better paid more well remunerated as you say more pressure more expectation and it's not booing it's death threats you know and 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 I guess that's what comes, unfortunately, with the territory of it could be managing Brighton, or it's more likely to come from managing a top club like, like, like a Chelsea, maybe where things aren't going well, and it's um, it's not nice. It happens at all levels as well, so it's not just at at that particular level. And I guess in terms of levels, you know, there's the booing, and then now, you know, so it's. This is all new for for Graham Potter, right? Because up to now things have gone pretty well in his in his managerial career, and and now it's the sort of first bump in the road, you know. And he's a very, I think he's a very considered man man and manager. He seems a very empathetic man and a manager. Sometimes he talks about his players. Uh, you know, I know I know some players I played with have played under him. Tell me what he's like. Um, he's very much family, you know, he's, he's, he's very tactile, you know, on the sideline, arms around people, you know. So I, I, I think this is the other side of football, which he wants to stay away from. And what I do hope, what I do hope, he doesn't listen to people who's, who, you know, I've heard this this week, that he should be shouting and be angry on the side like Mikel Arteta. And I think, well, where's your authenticity then? I mean, you know, he's got to this point in his career by being who he is. Can't just suddenly turn and become a different person to suit other people. So, I, I hope he doesn't have to justify himself anymore in terms of does he get angry or not, or you know, because he's not on the sideline berating the officials like other managers, and because you want him to have success in his own way, right? Otherwise, every every grassroots coach up and down the country will feel that the only way to get success is to be like Mikel Arteta and, and shouting and bawling, running the whole length of the touchline, you know, and um, you know. So I hope it works out for, for Graham Potter purely because that filter's down. No matter what you say, that filter's down. I've been on the sideline. I've been at grassroots. I've seen coaches run past me, you know, 10 and 11-year-old kids on the pitch. And I think, what are you doing? You know, you've got Arteta doing that. I know. And you've got Graham Potter. So I hope it works out for Graham Potter because there's no doubt it, it, it filters down. And there's more one way. there's more than one way to win. And I want there to be a different way rather than, you know, the screaming, slang, slanging match on the sideline, which sometimes can be the case if, you know, you know, if, if, say for, if Arteta wins yeah. the league, you know, everyone will think that's the way to manage. And, you, you know, then, then I'll be more worried. Um, exciting times for Newcastle. Johnny, you were saying that tickets are hard to come by for tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, Man United, Newcastle. Uh, yeah, I jumped the gun a bit on OTBAM um, 
kind of like uh, suggesting that I could get your tickets. He was looking for tickets for the match. Apparently, it's they're impossible to get. People are paying four figures to see it. As you mentioned, JD, it's a rare uh, appearance at this level for Newcastle, um, who are going through, uh, I suppose, the the most stuttering form they've been uh, on under Eddie Howe. And, just goes to show how difficult it is for clubs as well. You know, the, it's just never ending. You know, you, you bounce from one game to the next uh, for United, and um, this is going to be that's going to be a compelling game the way they're playing at the moment. Arsenal have scored, and uh, I think this one's going to stand. So they're one 0 up uh, away to Leicester City. Gabriel Martinelli uh, on forty six minutes. So the only game of the three clocks that has uh, yielded a goal: Leicester nil, Arsenal one, West Ham nil, Nottingham Forest nil, Leeds nil, Southampton nil. Everton nil, Aston Villa nil. David Connolly, um, it is a good story, I suppose, in, in one way. I'm, 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 I'm not going to talk about Saudi Arabia for half an hour, but for Newcastle as a football club, they haven't won a trophy since 1969. Yeah. So for them to win tomorrow would be a, yeah. a big moment in their history. Yeah, and, and I, I read with interest this week because um, they were talking about, you know, Newcastle could play in Europe, you know, and in 2005 at Wigan, the, the, the season Wigan got into the Premier League. I joined them that season and we had a brilliant run in this cup. Like And, and along the way, we beat Newcastle. I scored the winner, I think, in the fifth round, uh, played in the semi against Arsenal. We got to the final, right? And it was like Wigan against Man United in the League Cup final. I was like, wow, what, I mean, amazing occasion. Um, but I was, I was injured. But the point being, all the players' thoughts turned to like, Geez, do you reckon we could, would we get into Europe here? You know, and everyone went through the the bonus schedule. Geez, geez there's no, there's no European bonus, you know. So the lads, <laughs> you know, the, the, the lads went there, sort of Dave Whelan with the begging, you know, you know, chairman. You know, there's no, there's no European bonus, and you know, we've never been in the cup final, and it's a great occasion playing Man United. And Dave said, well, you should have thought about that at the start of the season. Like, oh my god, is he kidding me? <laughs> So anyway, he wouldn't amend anything, um, got to the cup final. In fact, I think there was a bit of a, uh, a sort of discussion, deliberation about 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 who was going to buy the uh, cup final suits. And um, I think uh, I think in the end, uh, we got we got cup final suits, uh, especially for it. But we had to battle for it. But anyway, um, it's a great occasion for Newcastle. You know, like it was for Wigan then, reaching the you know league cup final. They played Man United. We played Man United. I think United are the favourites. The goalkeeper issue you can't get away from. I think, you know, what a disaster, you know, that is. Um, Unfair as well, I think, like... to, that that those that should maybe carry into a different competition. That record. Reckon... I think so, yeah. doesn't carry um, into Europe, does it? Well, I tell, I tell you what is unfair. I tell you what is unfair is that I hate this thing of, of a, if a player's played, uh, played for one club, he can't, he's ruled out of, you know, like a, a lone player. He can't play against his parent club. All that. I think that's a dreadful rule. You know, I think, I don't know why that is, but Dubravka obviously can't play. But I mean, um, I don't know why. I think, I think from a sporting perspective, right, these lads will be professional no matter who they're playing against. You, you, so I don't quite get that. But I think, um, I think they're up against it, Newcastle. Done brilliantly to get there, but I think they're up against it in the cup final. I can only see one win at it. You have to remind me, 2006, didn't, uh, this doesn't like, spring to mind, 4-0 win for United uh, at, yeah. the, at, at Wembley. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Graham Cavanagh yeah. played. Yeah, yeah Cav played. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, it was a great season for us and to reach the League Cup final, like for Newcastle, you know, it'll be a great, it, it'll be a, it'll be a great occasion, you know, but, um, 
yeah, we didn't get the possible European bonus, but I think because uh, that, that was in the news this week and it brought, brought a smile to my face thinking about that. There'd be, yeah. be a few uh, League of Ireland players in the last decade or so who would empathise with that story. That They would have been in Europe, but they mightn't have necessarily had bonuses for getting through a certain right. amount of rounds. Yeah. And then like, you get through a round it's like story get through two rounds and it's like oh oh wait 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 a, wait a minute we didn't really uh we didn't think this through you know in terms of like a agreeing a percentage at the start of the year or something like that so uh yeah, yeah. i i can i can imagine going to the owner and and they feeling or someone saying you should have thought of this it's classic well, uh, he's, I, classic he, yeah. he, i mean you don't get to his position by um you know folding in negotiation you know yeah. uh, and, uh, that was a lesson learned yeah yeah no you had it John O'Shea played for United that day in 06. What do you think? He's back in the Irish yeah. coaching squad now, David, this week it was now. Oh, brilliant. I mean, look, uh, great career, fantastic fella. I imagine uh, the lads love him. I don't know him as a coach, but, you know, um, I think he, he, he'll be a great addition and um, f- could, could be future manager, right? I mean, you know, 110 caps or whatever he's got. Who's to say he can't, he can't you know, that succession plan... Stephen was part of it himself, you know. So I'm. What would stop Josh being uh, being the number one in a few years? Nothing, I don't think. Josh, John O'Shea, John O'Shea. John O'Shea sorry. sorry, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think the bit of continuity as well, you know, is needed at this stage, City. There's been so much upheaval, and it's been very unfortunate, I think, for Stephen Kenny when you're trying to put your stamp on on proceedings, and you know, you keep losing staff, but. Um, I suppose anecdotally from what I would have heard from the under 21s he's just what David said there John O'Shea is a very very popular guy they they like playing for him and um, yeah it's all systems go now I think Ireland have a lot of um, probably more question marks in terms of player selection than you would have thought would have been the case some good maybe some not so good um, but this is uh, this is good news and uh, maybe we can have some optimism about the campaign yeah it's just like I mean it's in the circumstances I mean what I mean, there was obviously chat about Anthony Barry coming back, and that was that was definitely discussed, and 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 Barry decided against going down that road. Like ideally, like you wanted the smoothest transition possible, and I suppose you know somebody coming in who has worked with a lot of the players, including some of the twenty ones or some who've come from the twenty ones, like in a in a coaching capacity, like you know, Evan, he would have worked with Evan Ferguson, for example. Right, you know, okay. you know, they would have been involved in the in the, the, the playoff against Israel last year and maybe the likes of Will Smallbone and so um, and, and others um who he would have spent time with, senior players who'd have a relationship with them. Obviously it's a different dynamic when you're their coach, you know, than your teammate naturally enough, but um I think it's it's definitely preferable at this stage than uh, bringing in someone who is spending the the week. You know, you're coming on the Monday at a French game, getting to know you. Now, of course, there's one thing knowing someone, and it's another thing like you know you're out in the training pitch, and and it's you'd prefer not to be in this situation. Um, but I think in in terms of making the best of that situation, I think this is probably a a decent enough outcome. And I think O'Shea has like built up a bit of. Um, it's not just his Irish stuff. He, he's he's a Reading like he was in a prominent enough position, and Stoke. He's got like, you know, qu- quite a few years under his belt, and and I do think, yeah, I do think that longer term, um, he's someone that you could see, um, 
being Ireland manager one day, like you, you like you always you maybe have these ideas. Like five years ago, you start naming people. Oh, that that person will definitely manage Ireland, and actually, you might find you've changed your opinion. Roy Keane. Uh, well, the Roy Keane Bobby one. Keane. Yeah, like these are the ones you probably would have assumed it might happen someday, and and now you'd have to think uh, it'd be it'd be less likely. Um, but I, I suppose the only thing about O'Shea, like. I, I know he's had opportunities. I think to go out and manage as a number one in recent times in the UK, and um, it's a big sort of first step when you take that leap. And and would he ever feel he need he need to do that before taking on Ireland in some way? I don't know. I honestly don't know the answer to that. But I suppose in many respects it depends how things go for Kenny in this campaign. How long is he there? And I suppose it it, it goes from that. Big gold down the bottom. Oddie Watkins, penalty spot, scores again for Villa. 1-0, they lead Everton at Goodison Park in the second half. Leeds nil, Southampton nil, Leicester nil, Arsenal. Gabriel Martinelli with a goal, 1-0 lead for Arsenal. West Ham nil, Nottingham Forest nil. We won the rugby and a bonus point. Five tries, 34-20 against Italy and Rome, but it wasn't a plain sailing the whole way for Ireland. But that's a good uh, sign for the Scotland game. Things to work on. Kenboy, 15-8 favourite, winning the Bobby Joe Chase at Ferry House for Paul Tan and Winnie Mullins. The Dovecote Novices hurdle at Kempton has been won by Rubo. Another win there for Paul Nichols on the card. And get a game scores uh, that are coming through to us. Uh, we have a few coming through. A very interesting score from the um, the Women's uh, Football League. The All-Ireland Champions, me, is like beaten well by Kerry. 118 to 9 points full-time there. Uh, and the Camogie League Division 1A, uh, Tipperary beating Dublin 213 to 1-6. Uh, so these are the latest scores from that league. Uh, Antrim 3-9 for Mallet 213. Uh, that is a full time from Cargan Park in Belfast. A one point win for Fermanagh there. And in Division 4, Waterford 1 2, Wexford 1 3 is the latest score. David Connolly, just before we go to the break, are Man United in the title race, in your view, the way they're burning at the moment with momentum? Oh, geez. Uh, yeah. Got, I mean, I would say they, they have to be in a, in a discussion, right? I mean, um, uh, you know, I, I, I guess I'm sure I'm sure Rashford will be fit, right? But and I know we touched on earlier different players. You know, they're not just solely reliant on one player. But look, uh, uh, he has got 25 goals. If suddenly something happened to him, but let's say he's fit, um, the, the 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 players they've signed really good characters. They've got um, a, 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 they get an impact off the bench. Every time he seems to make a sub, they come on and they have an impact. You know, Anthony scoring the other night. Sancho coming off, uh, coming on uh, before that, amongst the goals. So his subs are doing well. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, uh, I mean, they're still six points behind, right? But Arsenal got to play Man City in April. I mean, the, you know, uh, of course we're in the conversation. Um, I, I think out of the three of them, I'd still think they're the third favourites of the of the top three. But I think everyone would probably say that as well, right? Um, but they're certainly in and amongst it, and uh, you know what 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 an impact he's had. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think there was a connection now with the fans that hasn't seemed to have been there for a while. Uh, Old Trafford through the speakers through the TV like really sounded good the other night, and I've been there and it's generally like the moon. So uh, I was quite impressed by that, I have to say. Yeah, you could really tell that the other night, couldn't you? It's, yeah, there's, there's, something, there's, there's something brewing there. Yeah. There's something connection, and Ten Hag um, seems to know what he's doing in a big way, and he plays attacking football. And I think that's. That's certainly to be lauded. I think Casemiro has been yeah, he's, he's such a, a absolute fulcrum of the team, yeah. and they've great. Um, 
Like you look at Liverpool at the moment and you're looking for kind of characters to get them through a difficult time and they're not really emerging. Man United, they have a team, they've gotten rid of Ronaldo and they have a team full of characters um, all of a sudden. And uh, yeah, they, he's done an amazing job. He really has. Got to take a break on Football Saturday. Dan McDonnell of the Irish Independent, Johnny Ward and David Connolly, the former Republic of Ireland striker on the line. You want to text us 53106. We'll uh, be back in a moment. You're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you as always until five. We've won the rugby. 34 points to 20 in Rome. The Grand Slam is on for Ireland. Five tries, but not all our own ways. So things to work on for the Scotland game in a couple of weeks. This is Football Saturday with David Connolly on the line, the former Republic of Ireland striker. And in the studio, we have Dan McDonnell of the Irish Independent and a broadcaster and journalist, Johnny Ward in the Premier League. Arsenal leading. We're watching it here, 1-0 up away to Leicester, Martinelli with the goal. West Ham have scored a couple of quick goals against Nottingham Forest uh, by Danny Ings getting two in three minutes. So that's interesting at the London Stadium as they bid to stay up. Leeds nil, Southampton nil, and a big goal for Ollie Watkins and a bad goal for Everton to concede. Everton nil, Aston Villa won that game at Goodison Park. Uh, in the Championship, uh, Coventry 2, Sunderland won a result. Birmingham nil, Luton won is the latest. Bristol City won Hull nil. Burnley 3, Huddersfield nil. Norwich 2, Cardiff nil the latest, Preston 2, Wigan 1, QPR 1, Blackburn Rovers 3, Reading 2, Blackpool nil. Sheffield United nil. Watford nil. Stoke nil. Millwall 1, and West Brom 2, Middlesbrough nil. As I speak, subject to VAR, Reading have gone 3-0 up now against Blackpool in Scotland. No Celtic and Rangers, obviously, they're playing tomorrow. Aberdeen 1, Livingston nil. Kilmarnock 1, Motherwell nil. Ross County 4, Dundee United nil. And St Johnston nil. St Mirren nil. Text here on 53106. Um, we have a text in from Adrian who I told John made a trip to Cove last night to watch Ramblers and Wexford it's been a while since I've been in the game but it was 90 minutes of end-to-end entertaining football great crowd and an atmosphere as well well worth the trip yeah they, they, just to mention obviously Shane Keegan friend of the show of this that, parish of this parish um, so took the Cove job on and I, I think one of the things about Cove Ramblers is they're probably quite reliant on Cork City being good so that they can pick up sort of the you know the, the the players maybe at that level down who are not maybe good enough to play for Cork City, but whatever Shane has done, two great wins and um, the crowds across the League of Ireland have been a revelation so far, Jiddy. And it, you know it was thirteen hundred people at the game. That might not seem um, a lot, but it is by Cove standards. That's a good crowd. Great, great little ground. Like it's so quaint. Um, I don't know if did you see the winning goal? I tell you what, yeah. if it was subject to VAR now, there would have been a bit of a question mark. The next time we we have Shane Keegan in talking about VAR, uh, it was a header <laughs> that the goalkeeper, uh, the Wexford goalkeeper, pushed back, and according to the assistant referee, the referee was from behind the line. Uh, a questionable call. I got a few messages from uh, irate Wexford people last night. I'm sure Shane will be uh, extolling the benefits of of not having VAR. You know, just let things be decided. They, they have a playoff system as well, JD, in the first division, um, such that if you finish fifth, um, you get into the playoff. It, it keeps. Um, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not entirely a fan of it to an extent. I think it kind of favours the clubs that are um, more sort of. Fifth and second, for example, but it makes things exciting. And uh, like, there are so many teams in the first division now who think they have a chance of finishing um, fifth. Athlone won their first two games, perennial strugglers as well. And uh, Shane, um, you know, Shane's time at Galway United kind of ended disappointingly, but um, he's a real believer in playing good football. Uh, he talks a good game, but he actually, his, his clubs, his teams play very well and uh, go over right in the playoff picture. I kind of wondered myself after the first few weeks. Um if you had double the capacity in all these grounds, would they be full? 
No, they wouldn't. And I think it's overplayed as well in the sense that like there were four sellouts last night, but you can still you can pretty much get a ticket to a League of Ireland game if you want to go. Shamrock Rovers are, are going to have ten thousand. Johnny's obviously got tickets. Uh, Johnny can get you tickets anywhere. Can get your tickets. Now, you, like, you would have you would have got maybe not double, but you, you're definitely turning away a large number of people. Like I know people who wanted to go to Bowes last night couldn't go. Bowes would be they, couldn't, they yeah. couldn't get in. They'd be the main one um, in terms of their capacity. And they, in fairness to Bowes, they were proactive. They've done some work over the winter. Other clubs. Could learn from being a bit more proactive just even though they're moving or not they're not moving they're like daily mount has been redeveloped so like they're doing stuff for a short term you know to, to sort of uh put a bandage over the wound until it's sort of fixed properly but they've managed to make create more space for their fans and it's great but they're still turning people away um and you know Derry I think in particular like their crowds read very small on paper like I think it's something you know whatever three and a half thousand but they could have many many more at their games so um they're going to have to address that so I I think yeah I, maybe not double but you have to think big because uh, people would have said there was a time the Shamrock Rovers didn't need to increase the capacity in Tala based on their average attendances and as the stadiums got bigger their average attendances have got bigger you know it's a better experience for people to go so um, I think sometimes in the league they make decisions based on the the average case scenario or even sometimes the worst case scenario and you, you have to think bigger but obviously you need the funds I think all this attention is great I mean we're obviously lo- loving it but uh, I still watch some of it uh, you hear about a sellout ground and a bit of drama and I, I went home last night and tried to watch highlights from certain games and so many of the stadiums still look so absolutely like terrible that um, it just it makes you despair that we didn't get this stuff um, in order a long time ago and you just have to keep driving home that message So you had interesting guests at St Pat's last night Yeah so the Turkish uh, Simon Cowell as he's known um uh, I that's remember, his name. That's, yeah, that's just, well, it's Akon Ilikali, um, my pronunciation may be off, but he's the owner of Hull City. Um, and there has been a story. So he took over Hull City, I think it's only in the in the last year. He would have um, made a sudden change with Grant McCann, the manager, was was uh, turfed out and showed that Arvaladze came in. And then eventually they've ended up with Liam Rossinier now as the manager. But anyway, um, he's spoken about his dream of uh, taking over a club in another country that they could uh, that Hull can send some of their younger players there and there's a, probably a bit of a Brexit work around as well too where um, it's pretty hard to bring some players into the UK at a certain age now or without meeting certain criteria and you know a gateway country can be beneficial so um, yeah it's a bit of Hull City bingo at the moment because the story has been out there that they're looking at Dundalk and Liam Senior, the Hull manager uh, very frank about it in his press conference on Thursday to the point that I think uh, people in the dock found it extremely bizarre that this was um, speaking very openly about this to the point where he even made a reference to like playing styles being aligned <laughs> which was a massive red flag now I think, I, I think there was a was quote there was a, there was a quote that was slightly taken out of context yeah, yeah. I would say that I mean it wasn't 100% taken out of context though but it was slightly taken out of context um, and that it was eye-catching. drew an angry response in the dock the idea of being a feeder club but then anyway it's sort of a uh, I think Neil Reardon initially yesterday mentioned there was a possibility or that, that there was degree of certainty that Hull City officials would be at the game with Shelburne officials and sure enough in Richmond Park the director's box is right next to the press box so, uh, so you see all this happening and there's like Hull officials there is actually the Hull City uh, the Hull City owner is there with a couple of Hull heads so 
they're playing the field here. You know, it's like sort of a first dates or something or, or it's a speed dating type thing where they're just, just going around clubs in Ireland going, what have you got for me? Can I make any uh, X Factor or you got talent jokes? Absolutely. Go for JD. it. What have you got? Yeah. Or is that <laughs> it? That's it. You're threatening. That's the joke. I thought you had one sort of lined up. Scratching in my mind, what does Simon Cowell get but, involved in? But then you have uh, in the, the Daily Mail today in the in the UK and the like Matt Hughes in a sort of a, in a sports news column mentions that the Bournemouth owner Bill Foley is also looking at Dundalk he's an American well. he's an American so I did um, all the owners of the Premier League with Pat Kenny during the week so yeah, all uh, uh, so he, well, there you go well, I mean Dundalk have had a bit of history with Americans called Bill but um, again like this whole idea of the multi-club model is, is, is a big talking point you have the Fleetwood Waterford one at the moment we've mentioned a couple of times with Johnny Walters and there's no doubt that clubs in the UK and investors are looking at Ireland more um, and it's probably it's hard to go into that in a sort of a two minute discussion but there's a probably there's the Brexit factor um, player production here Irish players are carrying a bit of a value at the moment um, they can get into the UK easier than other players so people are looking at it um, people have some unease around it because does this affect your identity in some ways but um, like you can definitely spin it. I, I'm certainly aware anecdotally. Like there's, there's multiple, there's multiple other clubs have had approaches from and, and are looking uh, at this as well. Michael Obafemi scored. Wow, oh, there we go. Um, there we go. So there's a lot. This is there's a lot of this going on, and there will be more of it because even the profile of an of a lot of the people who are buying clubs in the UK now is people who want to have something on their portfolio. You know, they want to have like uh, they're, and they're looking at sort of Man City led the way with a lot of this stuff. But people, you know, the, the, with the city football group and their clubs spread all over the place. These are obviously more like boutique versions of that people are looking at here. Um, but it's uh, a little bit of intrigue to be looking at the director's box to see who might be here, who might be here this week. And yeah, the Turkish Simon Cowell, TV producer, PR guy. Um, he's definitely not shy of the cameras. We have a new minister for sport as well, um, in Thomas Byrne. And he, I, I, I understand um, the attempts to kind of get him on board what Irish football wants to happen in terms of um, money coming in from um, betting or certainly from the government um, that, that task has already begun and uh, I think the League of Ireland needs to sell um, the few, sell the potential that we have JD with young players in this country and he was in Drada last night Thomas Byrne he actually put out a, to be his local he put out um, yeah he's, he put out a tweet at the match uh, after the match talking about how the league could be on the cusp of getting to the next level of words didn't see effect. that so that's that's great and all but like you say that you have to follow up like Michal Martin was in here with Joe at one point talking about we need to invest. Jerry Maguire you need show me the money yeah, yeah exactly well, yeah, it's, it's, it's getting to that it's, stage it's too, if it's two local grounds or Dundalk and Drogheda like the, the, you'd be ashamed to bring anyone to both of them they're absolute kips the two of them and in fairness both clubs will acknowledge that and yes. it's, very, it's very difficult um, but Let's let's hope, JD, and uh, you know I I come from the racing kind of parish as well, but I I, I think you know I just to be clear, it's not on the clubs that you're putting that statement. You're not the, putting that on the. Oh, uh, listen, I I think the, the, uh, the grounds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like well, well the, I think the there's a, there's a collective responsibility that yeah. uh, historically not necessarily people who are there now, but I I don't have long wanted. To we do don't we don't need the sugar coat. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I don't think I think right. I think I think like they would. There's people from the from various clubs would be on record at various times of saying they're embarrassed. 
buy it. And it's a historic thing. They would argue that they they haven't availed of the council support mm. um, that that other clubs would have, and certainly like Loud Council, you would say, um, given the success that the sport has brought to the county uh, in recent times. And I'm from the county, so I can I can speak about it. Um, Don't have a loud accent they, anymore. Well, no, no, no. Yeah. But um, they would be pretty average in my view. The floodgates have opened at the London Stadium. Four goals in the last 20 minutes. Two from Danny Ings, one from Declan Rice, one from Michael Antonio. So West Ham 4 Nottingham Forest nil. Leicester nil. Arsenal 1. Um, uh, Gabriel Martinelli. Leeds have scored massive goal in the Premier League. Junior Firpo. Uh, and obviously it's the, the first game where Javi Gracia and Everton are 2 nil down. So it's, it's amazing how it can all like to go. Emmy Buendia's got the second for Villa. You, you, Watkins got the first. You mentioned Burnley as well, JD. Just can you imagine the prospect of Obafemi and With Josh Cullen? Uh, but, uh, so Josh Cullen, I mean, uh, I was just I was going to ask David how many of Liverpool's ten outfield players would you say like is a is a definite starter any week or should be a definite starter the way he's playing? And some of them you'd be like, well, he's not having a great season. The Ireland situation, like Josh Cullen, is probably literally the first player certainly the first outfield player on the team sheet and Bernie's uh, points tally is staggering and I don't know sometimes it doesn't translate to the chat you know sometimes you can have a team winner with 100 points absolutely it doesn't translate but, but can you imagine Evan Ferguson Davis uh, up front with Obafemi oh well um, yeah it, it, it's obviously I mean you know I tipped Michael Obafemi at the start of the season I look a bit of a bit of an idiot I thought it would be one of the top goal scorers to be honest Um at Swansea this season, obviously for various, uh, he, he never seemed happy there. We knew that they, he wanted to get out. He's got out now. He's he, he seems happy. I think that the real uh, challenge would be for Burnley, and obviously Evans is going to be the future of Irish football, right? I mean, it, you know, it's just whether Stephen would want to play with, you know, does he play the way he does? At times, because doesn't have two strikers. Would you say that's that? a yeah. that's that's a that's, that's such a big point. Like this is the thing that at times they've played. Like I mean, I sometimes you go into numbers and just but like you know sometimes it's like the three four one two and sometimes it's a three four three and there's been at times where you you see that Stephen like wants the central striker, but then you have like a Jamie McGrath or you've you know even Troy Parrott, two players who who can drop deep and sort of help in the midfield department. But this is the thing. If you want to play Evan Ferguson and Obafemi, that does change the shape around it, doesn't it, David? Like, yeah. that's the that's the debate yeah. you face. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, you know, but I think that, that then shows you, Stephen, as a coach, does he, you know, does he have a way of playing and the players fit that way or... Does he adjust his style of play to the to the mm. players that come along? He, he, did, he did that too, Jay. And in fairness, like he, he no, I think Evan, Evan but Evan Ferguson, no, I think like Davis, right? Like Obafemi, I think he he got into the idea of Obafemi being a number nine actually for him. But clearly now, Evan Ferguson, the way he seems to hold the ball up and bring others into the play, the the, the vibes would be that they, there's an acknowledgement that yes. Like he is going to be the player, so then you have to formulate your plan around him. I suppose the question is: Do you think in all of those combinations, David, that it's automatically then a back three, or do you have to open your mind? It could just be a straight three-five-two, right? Where you have those two, but do you, do you think you maybe have to, I don't know, rethink it in other in other ways? Yeah, I think you would because I mean the only thing I'd say is say moving forward, right? Uh, it, it, he'll have uh, Stephen will be next season. At, some Burnley go up, right? So they go up. Okay. Uh, how many games will will Michael play mm. um, in the Premier League for Burnley? Because 
so many people have tried to play their way in the championship and I've been in that position at a club, you know, at top of the table and you might have a particular way of playing and it's it's great. The big challenge is, can you then bring that and still play that way in the Premier League? Mm. Because Norwich have tried it, you know, with varying success, getting up, playing a possession-based game, you know, and all the nuances that, that company's doing that, that he's taken from Guardiola and all these other people. You know, can you go and do that in the Premier League? Because, you know, and where will Oberfemi fit into that team in the Premier League as opposed to Brighton? You would think, no matter how they play, there is a place for Evan Ferguson in that team down through the middle. Whereas for Burnley, can't really yeah. say that that place is all, is there for Oberfemi, which will make it difficult then for Stephen because he won't seem as regularly to go right. I could go over two, or I could go over one. Mm. He's been, and, he's been one off. Yeah, he's been he's been very good at Oberfemi for Ireland. I think in in it's, you know obviously the Scotland game comes to mind, but like if we're we're fearful of, I mean you you got to be a bit petrified about Mbappe, right? So there's literally when Mbappe is one on one, there's essentially almost nobody that can do anything to stop his pace or whatever. But on the flip side, Stephen Kenny will approach the France game and say France have a little bit to be afraid of as well because France can't leave uh, loads of space in behind if you've Obafemi and Ferguson up front because not only would it be a dynamic partnership, but Obafemi is really, really quick and uh, he, hopefully he'll be coming into the game full of confidence that he might have gotten a run with Burnley and um, we, we're going to have potentially a very exciting team. I think it's going to be probably a 3-5-2, I think, if he play, certainly if he plays them two but uh, up front but it's it's very exciting JD okay mm. uh, just before we go Shamrock Rovers and Man United just briefly on Rovers uh, no, no wins so two games so far nine men Rovers last yeah night. two players sent off last night um, I, I went home and I sort of watched the last half hour of that game and yeah I mean like the, the, the first two games away from home they've been 1-0 up they've conceded in the last couple of minutes of the game and they've had people sent off um, and they now have a situation where they play Derry next Friday Um at home without their three first choice you could argue centre halves and they're going to have to do a serious patchwork job so um, listen they, they have a history in their title wins of dropping more points in the first half of the season than the second but it's the problem not, is Derry now yeah, the problem is more so Derry yeah. than maybe them so um, that's going to be a proper like Rovers haven't played at home yet this season because they're getting some just the refurbishments done on Tala with a view to the big refurbishment that's coming down the track so uh uh, it's going to be brilliant there next Friday night, but it's a, for like three games in, it's a big game. Uh, Aidan Delaney, our producer, was uh, highlighting that Ayrton Hag has warned uh, the referee David Coote tomorrow to keep an eye on Newcastle because they waste so much time. I mm. uh, saw Newcastle play Spurs and Eddie Howe, as beautifully nice as he is on the camera, I'm telling you, they are a team that really engaged in the dark arts. Mm. They waste time, they committed like little sneaky fouls. They're tough, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow. One but thing you could you got to say about Ten like Hag. What, what about his clobber? I mean, he's he's wearing this kind of coat that's like a cross between well, like a well, communist leader and Gucci or whatever. He's a really, really sharp-looking man. Well, John from Rathfarnham um, has said, Hi, folks, why ignore the elephant in the room when talking about Man United? The favouritism they receive in games they needed, for example, the Bruno goal against City, the non-red card against Leicester, Rashford's goal, in inverted commas, in the same game was obviously offside. The loading of the opposition with yellow cards when Casemiro <laughs> can kick people at will. Nothing magical about Ten Hag. The dice preloaded in his favour. He sounds exactly <laughs> like a 13-year-old Johnny Ward who thought Man United got all the decisions under Ferguson, except I was actually right at the time it is very much um, milk tray turtleneck isn't it he's wearing uh, Eric Ten Hag oh, it's, it's a banger of an outfit yeah. how's it going to go tomorrow in the League Cup final um, David Connolly um, I think it, yeah as I touched on earlier I think I, 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 yeah, I can only see one winner he, uh, 
you presume I think I think Rashford say he's fit, right? I mean, or not, I think United will win. I think United will. I think I think it will be it'll be tough, don't get me wrong. Newcastle don't score, don't concede a lot of goals. Um but can you imagine there's not too many other sports where you you're playing I mean, there's only two cup finals you can play in your yeah in a year. They've reached one of them, and they've got to play a goalkeeper by the looks of it who hasn't played a game in two years. I mean, it's un, it's kind of unfathomable, really, right? You can go into mm. such a big game, eighty, ninety thousand. You can do all the training you want. You can do all the imaginary, you know, goalkeeping you want in in your room, sat there, but. If you haven't been doing it for two years, I mean, mm. and and I think Eddie's been saying that they've been training away. I mean, come on, training and then and then going to play. I just hope for his sake, as a human level, that nothing goes wrong from tomorrow. To be honest, mm, absolutely, well, yeah. Um, Arsenal yeah. have two minutes left in injury time to hold on here. They uh, made Zinchenko captain today, which was interesting. Yeah, I think yeah. he's just gone off. Actually, he's. I thought. I honestly thought he was, year on from yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought he was um, brilliant, brilliant signing Zinchenko. I think Arsenal have signed well, and they're on the attack now, and. Um, this is a it's another really big day in the title race. Wouldn't wouldn't be certain um, Man City will win it at um, Bournemouth as well. So Arsenal look like they're holding on. JD, a statement to Alex Zinchenko is our captain today. As mark respect and love on the first anniversary of the conflict in Ukraine. Cracking, cracking player. Like he, I mean, you see what you see when he, yeah, country. and he's he's so good. Like he could literally play pretty much anywhere. And uh, brilliant, brilliant player and a brilliant professional as well. As things stand, Leeds are I mean, going to be ahead of. So David, go on. I was going to say, have you seen this City team? Because it looks like they're starting Alvarez and Haaland. So, I mean, he's he's uh, Pep's going for it in terms of goals. So, I can't recall too many times those two have started together. But yeah. oh, that's no, what yeah. he's done. Definitely not. Coming and Foden off, back in as well. Yeah. Coming off Foden you, is going yeah. to be, yeah. yeah. For, I think they really miss Foden. He started three of the last ten Premier League games, I think, Foden. So... Um, but he's, they seem to think since the World Cup he was affected more than most. Uh, Ederson in goal, Lewis, Sakanji, Diaz and Ake. So Rico Lewis back in. Gundogan, Rodri in the holding positions. Foden, Alvarez, Grealish and Haaland. That's an uh, attacking team. Uh, Neto, uh, Zamora, Zanessi, Mepham, Stephen Smith. The back five for Bournemouth, Traore, Billing, Lerma, Otara and Solanke. At the moment, Everton go back into the relegation zone. 2-0 down against Aston Villa in injury time at the end of this. Leeds once at Hampton, nil. Leicester nil, Arsenal one. So that is finished. Leeds have won. 1-0 and West Ham 4 Nottingham Forest 0 and in the championship very briefly Coventry 2 Sunderland 1 a full time latest scores Birmingham 0 Luton 1 Bristol City 1 Hull 0 Burnley 4 Huddersfield 0 full time Norwich 2 Cardiff 0 latest scores Preston 2 Wigan 1 QPR 1 Blackburn 3 it is Reading 3 Blackpool 0 Sheffield United 1 Watford 0 Stoke 0 Fulham uh, I beg your pardon Stoke 0 Millwall 1 is the result now it's just gone in and West Brom 2 Middlesbrough 0 and in Scotland Aberdeen 1 Livingston 0 it has ended Kilmarnock 1 Motherwell 1 Ross County 4 Dundee United added nil as the latest and St Johnston won St Mirren won David Connolly thanks so much cheers guys take care everyone mind yourself Dan and Johnny thank you thanks Judy thank you appreciate you coming in as always for Football Saturday here don't forget tomorrow folks we got off the ball with Joe Malloy in studio in the chair from 1 to 7 on News Talk live and exclusive commentary of the Premier League showdown between Tottenham Hotspur and Chelsea with Stephen Doyle and Brian Kerr providing the call also the Sunday paper review and a look back on Ireland's win over Italy today. It was 34 points to 20 in the end. The Grand Slam is still on, so be sure to join us tomorrow for some great commentary and conversation. If you missed any of OTV Football Saturday with David Connolly, Dan McDonald, Full time and as Ward. well. Full time in Leicester, JD. 
full-time Leicester nil, Arsenal 1 or Mark Lawrence's tribute to John Mosson if you missed that or the Saturday panel reviewing the week with Sarah O'Donovan and Conor McKeown you can find the podcast on the OTB Sports app or listen back wherever you get your pods Arsenal stretching their lead at the top of the Premier League they've beaten Leicester 1-0 we'll speak tomorrow at 1 bye-bye Football on Off The Ball with Sky watch Premier League Women's Super League Scottish Premiership and much more live on Sky Sports 